This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. So check it out, it's like this. I lose, winner takes my car clean and clear. But if I win, I take the cash and I take the respect. <laughs> to some people, that's more important. That your car? Oh, I got it. See a cool air intake, it's got a mass fogger system and a T4 turbo Dominic. See an AIC controller, it has direct port and nitrous injection. Yeah, and a standalone fuel management system. Not a bad way to spend ten thousand dollars. He's got enough notion to blow himself up, period. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you say? Am I worthy? <laughs> we don't know yet. But you're in. Let's go. Movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee Kaye, mother. Yo, Dom, why'd you bring the Buster here? Because the Buster kept me out of handcuffs. He didn't just run back to the fort. The Buster brought me back. You can have any brew you want, as long as it's a Corona. That's Vincent, so enjoy it. You. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all that bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Gentlemen, welcome in to Action Movie Rewind, Fast and the Furious 2001. This is Judd's first ever viewing of this early 2000s cinematic action classic. And any franchise in the Fast and the Furious so this is the franchise. first, the first of the, the ten I've never or however seen, many there have never been. Never seen any point. of these until this one. Oh, I'm so excited! And we're going to do a deep, deep dive here into this. And if you're new to the segment, we review action movies every Friday on this show on Mackie and Judd, and on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Mackie Judd, where we appreciate if you would click the subscribe button if you want to see our ugly radio slash podcast faces. Uh, you can help the show by subscribing to our YouTube channel and by giving us a five star rating on the Mackie and Judd Apple podcast feed as well. And we break down in great detail action movies, and we get recommendations from listeners every week, too. So we've got a full list stockpiled, and uh, we choose a new movie every week. And this has become the most downloaded show of the week for us the last four months. (laughs) Some of it's because there's no sports, and some of it's because this is a super fun segment. Here's the summary of The Fast and the Furious. Los Angeles street racer Dominic Toretto falls under the suspicion of the Los Angeles Police Department as a string of high-speed electronic truck robberies rocks the area. Brian O'Connor, an officer of the LAPD, 
joins the ranks of Toretto's highly skilled racing crew undercover to convict Toretto. However, O'Connor finds himself both enamored with this world and in love with Toretto's sister, Mia. As a rival racing crew gains strength, O'Connor must decide where his loyalty really lies. Paul Walker, rest in peace, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, mm. and Ja Rule. Don't forget about Ja Rule starring in this movie. Yeah, well. yeah, he was. 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, $38 million budget for this movie that they turned into $207 million at Vin, the box office. the power of Vin. Vin Diesel. Let's start with Judd. What was your favorite part about The Fast and the Furious? Okay, I, I had heard this, and I had forgotten it. And as I'm watching it and tweeting about the fact that I watched it on Wednesday, I got a tweet back from somebody accurately pointing this out as well. I think my favorite part is this is completely point break with cars. The surfboards are gone. It is. The cars, it's the same it exact. Is. It is It is literally, and, and if the point break <laughs> people didn't sue them, if the point break people didn't file a suit for plagiarism of some sort, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, Swayze, Vin Diesel, right? Yep. It's the same character. Hey, put a pin in this it, for the end when we do when we do villain the the, the villain okay. rankings. I I motion to reopen the case of Bodie from Point Break okay. in our rankings okay. based off this movie. Okay, but, but the most important comparison is not Vin and Swayze. It is the Keanu Reeves of the two thousands. Was Paul Walker a hundred percent? Like the yes. si- the lines yes, are dude. read the same. Yo, it's man. literally like Yo, somebody. Dude. It's li- Yo, check it. like somebody. You, man. Somebody is off screen with cue cards, being like, "Paul, Paul, look over here, dude. I almost had you." <laughs> and it is. <laughs> Do we he's, have that? He's Keanu. I think I might. You almost had me. Oh, I, I you never person. had me. You never had your car. Oh. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that 100 shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. Nice Almost said me. Now me and the math scientist got to rip apart the block and replace the piston rings you fry. Any real racer. It don't matter if you win, win by, by an inch, inch or a mile. mile. Winning's winning. <laughs> yes. It's like a happy days Classic. The episode. Some of the quotes Fonzie. Of but anyway, and, and my second favorite thing, and it's small, but I loved it, the continual reference to NOS. I need some more NOS. I need, I Nitrous need oxide. The continu- they like, yeah. I got to get more NOS, man. I got to get more. NOS, man. Yeah. It made me want to go put NOS in my car. <laughs> we should do so that. So that I can actually. just another, kick another, ass on 94 and get home in five minutes. Another athlete challenge. How do you think? How do you think? What, what kind of car do you drive now? Um, Actually, the old Saturn this, would have been really fun. Put oh, some Nas in that oh, 2003 for Saturn. Oh, or for Nas, just take <laughs> off, go right off a bridge. But anyway, I love I love the continual references to, i got to get some more Nas, man, if it, I don't have more actually, Nas. make it two it when is. he's asking for it. It's just, I this was so much so fun. So you're right, it, it is point, it, it's point break, swapping out bank robbery for electronic mm-hmm. robbery, mm-hmm. and swapping out surfing for street racing. So they definitely went back like, to that Here's my question. Well. Why did they remake Point Break a couple years back when this did a really good job, for the most part, of remaking Point Break? Well, but there's all kinds of like similarities. So there's movies like this all the time where I th- uh, Avatar copied Dances with Wolves and Pocahontas. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and I would, even, I would even argue that this movie 
not only parallels Point Break, it also parallels Romeo and Juliet. Oh, sure. Hear me out. Yeah. You've got, instead of the uh, Capulets and the, Mon- is it the Montagues? Capulets and Montagues? Sure. Something like that? Capulets McCoys, yeah. Sure. You've got the police and the racers. Yep. And Brian and Dom's sister on opposite sides sort of coming together, right? And there's conflict and two sides competing against each other. Yep. So there's it's like Point Break meets modern Romeo, Romeo and, and Juliet, Juliet in some ways. West Side Story, too. West yes. Side Story. You're exactly right. Yep. But anyway, um, it was hilarious because the parallels to me between Keanu <laughs> and and Paul are they're the same guy. They're not very good at acting. They're no. not. They're not. But they're really effective at getting through their lines, yeah, and works. that's all you want. And 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 they're good looking guys. Is yeah. it possible that Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are perhaps the two worst actors to become big stars in the two thousands? Can you can you name I got bigger star okay. slash bad actor combo? I got some serious pushback on the Twitter machine on Wednesday when when I took a picture of Vin off my TV screen and said, "Is this the Steven Seagal of the two of the aughts?" I tweeted, and I got back like three notes saying, "You know what? Did Seagal that. make that much money?" Well, uh, I think well, I, I think okay, that's a good. There's two questions off this. Who was more successful to their era, Steven Seagal? It's Vin Diesel, right? Or Vin Diesel? It might be Vin Diesel. I mean, cash, I think as far as money-making franchises go, I think it's Vin Diesel, and I don't think it's yeah. close. And so then the second question off that is, who is the actual better thespian? Who's the better actor? Who who could go into Broadway Vin Diesel, and paint a picture for an audience? Vin, Vin Diesel's a better actor he than did some, Steven Seagal. He did some real movies, right? D- didn't he do like The Cooler or something? Someone tweeted me about something yeah. he was in that he was, was actually good. Yeah. There's not a ton of layers to his repertoire, no. but... But Seagal's, He's a better actor than Steven Seagal. I love Seagal. To be clear about my love for him is because he's so bad. And he demands that he is just the victor in every possible interaction, yes. that there's no way he could ever be on the ropes in any of his he's movies. He's one of the right? greatest punchlines of all time. Yeah. Vin Diesel is also kind of a punchline, but I think Vin Diesel's a better actor, and I think he's more successful. So I'd agree with that completely. Yeah, Paul Walker, another another acting classic for him. If you've seen <laughs> She's All That from 1999. Oh, great film. He's sort of the... He's the I've bad. He's kind of the bad boy in that movie that tries to pick up Lainey Boggs, and yep. he's literally playing the same character, but just in high school. <laughs> in this movie, he great plays film. the same character. Declan, what was your <laughs> favorite part about Fast and the Furious? All right, so well, for, it's, it's a great film. I love this movie. <laughs> I've seen it many times. Like I told you at the beginning of the show, I saw us in theaters as like a nine year old, which is very on brand in the Goth household to be seeing inappropriate movies at a young age. Actually, um, before you go, sorry to interrupt. Sure. What's the most inappropriate movie you saw when you were too young of an age? Uh, Wedding Crashers. I saw Wedding Crashers in theaters at age twelve with my sister. Oh yeah, my that's very ina- very inappropriate. Um, there is a lot of bare naked ladies in the first two <laughs> yes. minutes of that movie. Um, and also, I saw Borat with my entire family. Oh, that's inappropriate. Oh man, that, that actually crosses at, at what <laughs> I, at what age? I wouldn't say it was necessary uh, for Borat. I was in like seventh grade. Oh yeah, that's inappropriate. So that that's a little different. Um, but my favorite part of this movie, and I didn't really realize it until I recently rewatched it. I am in love with Mia Toretto. I, like I saw the you reason tweet why that. Paul Walker <laughs> is enamored by her is the exact same reason I am. She she's not like her brother. She's a little more level-headed, but she's smart, and, and she gets under people's skin in a good way. The scene where they're washing dishes, and she basically plays a Leon, or I forget, I think it was Leon, 
about like, oh, what's that favorite restaurant you always wanted to take me to? Oh, yeah. it was a cha-cha-cha. Yeah, take me there, Paul, at uh, 10 o'clock Friday. You free? Yeah. I, I am madly in love with Mia Toretto. I didn't really realize it until I rewatched this movie. Uh, Paul Walker, good on you, man, because that's that's my kind of woman. Stealing Declan's Declan's You really crush. are. Um, it's my favorite part. So before I give you my favorite part, the most inappropriate movie I saw at too young of an age was, De- this is going to go past Declan, but I think this will land with Judd. Do you remember the Goldie Hawn, Mel Gibson movie from the early 90s, Bird on a Wire? Yeah. I think it was that. I remember as like an eight-year-old watching that movie with my aunt and my cousin thinking my mom would be not very happy if she knew I was watching <laughs> but this But Declan movie. was actually going to the theaters taken by yeah. by yeah, people like, in his fa- family members. Yes, yeah. this is very like it's one It's one thing to, to sort of sneak in the film off HBO and like an aunt or something is there. Declan's <laughs> being driven to this. It's true. To this, um, these films. These degradations. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about this movie is probably this is going to sound really corny, but it's it's the it's the race scenes where they're driving underneath the semi trucks. I'm just sort of enamored by like how nimble and the, well. I'll just say this: my favorite part are the, it's the race scenes. I love the the first race, the two thousand dollar buy in winner take all. Now, then, then you had the, the race wars or or the hijacking because that's where they went below the trucks and came out on the other side. You're right. So I would say anything where they're going just like 150 clear. miles an hour, just, to be just like the action of the cars going gotcha. 150 yeah, miles an cool. hour. Um, and and I'll and to narrow it down, the first race specifically where it's a two thousand dollar buy in, winner take all. There's four of them. Ja Rule's one of the racers ja in this scene. So Paul Walker doesn't have the cash, but he's got the title to his car that he puts up. And he says he just wants the respect. It's worth more than the cash. Which turns out to be the title to a police-owned car. Thanks a lot, Paul Walker. That is correct. Yes. And then after it was over, it was it? I think it was right before the race, was another one of my favorite <laughs> quotes from the movie where Vin Diesel says, it's not how you stand by your car, it's how you race your car. Yes. Which is a great life lesson for anybody and a great metaphor to carry over. Have you guys ever seen two people in law enforcement who are less dedicated to their jobs than than Keanu and Walker because I mean they're both willing to like walk away at the drop of that yes I'm, I'm a cop I'm I'm just a cop okay it's like oh you're undercover you idiot they both help the villain get away yes. at the end of the and movie Keanu right? just throws his badge in Aust- in Australia suppose I mean yeah they, these guys yeah. like wait you spent all of these years training for this you're in you're now involved and at the end you're like ah eh, whatever screw it screw it I'm just gonna I'm gonna go work this. at a laundromat. I'm gonna go surf and rob banks with yes. these guys. It'll yes, be great. Exactly. But the other, my other favorite part about that first race scene was Ja Rule is revving up and getting ready, and that gal comes over to the side of his car, grabs Ja Rule's hand, yes. puts it on her bare boob, yes. and says, "If you win, you can have all of this." And her standing over there, like and this she other gives gal. Him, and she gives Ja Rule a little <laughs> wave, and then he doesn't win. Sonica. And she takes the rug out from the whole thing yeah. and says, I don't even know you. Yeah, her name was Monica, and at one point, it was I think it was Paul Walker that hit the Nas shot and zooms by Ja Rule, and Ja Rule goes, Monica! Monica! So good, so good. Oh, All so right, least favorite part. Least favorite part about Fast and the Furious. Okay, so this is simple. This is very, very simple for me. Why didn't they kill Vince? Vince is the annoying friend who oh. hates O'Connor the entire time, and and he is hanging by a thread when the last attempt to rob that truck goes wrong because the trucker has taken matters into his own hands and has a shotgun. Jacker pulled a shotgun, yeah. Uh, 
it would have been so simple to blow him away. And I would have taken so much pleasure in if he had gotten hit by the shotgun bullet and that he had fallen off the truck and the truck had run over his lifeless body because the character sucked. He's the typical yeah, jealous but, of everything. But, but he was a mechanism. I wanted him to dead. Show, right. But he was a mechanism to show. Well, I think he did die. I don't think he like he got, no, he got they, airlifted. They but, airlift him and they never make it clear. Is he in they, the next movie? Well, the next two movies are off, like they're standoffs. Don't spoil this for me, Doc. Yep, you're good. You're good. The next two Fast and the Furious movies, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drip, have nothing to do with this plot story. <laughs> Got it. Okay. They revisit it back in like 2008 with the fourth one. Oh, Got they it. come okay. back to it. So anyway, yes. but anyway. And I don't know. You know, the whole thing is, the whole film, because this guy is just such a dick, this is, all right, this is, is leading up to Vince's death, and then they don't kill Vince, and then they kill the mechanic guy who's this just basically non-character character. No, but he, but this is your blind spot in these movies, okay? Yeah. You hate character development. Yes. And this guy wasn't just like a throwaway character. This guy was meant as this terrible human being mm-hmm. to highlight that Paul Walker is a good human that mm-hmm. can put that stuff aside and will still save him despite how horribly he's been treated by okay, him. But it's a it's a Paul Walker character elevator is I what get, it is. I get that, but let's do this. Let's kill Vince like they should have and, and then go and let's have Michelle Rodriguez, who whose car flipped, let's have her be in dire straits because she's Vin Diesel's girlfriend and let's have Paul Walker help save her because she annoyed me, but she didn't have to die. The Vince character, look, if you're going to do this right, you got to kill people. And and go back to Point Break, right? See in hell, Johnny. He's dead. You know he's dying, man. And then they show him when they push him out of the plane on the desert, dead as a doornail, and you're ecstatic by that, okay? I needed that from Vince. See in hell, Johnny moment. Okay. All right. I, I'm I just, just trying I, I, to I, help I, out. Okay. I don't know if this movie, like, I think this movie was pretty iconic without, like, yeah. an extra right, thing, but, though. But I want more death, and that guy could have been <laughs> shot and run over. That's fair. And the fight scenes, too. The car scenes are great. The fight scenes, I'd like a little more violence that I get to see. I didn't see quite enough blood, and, and they choreographed them really well, but that means that they basically just choreographed it so quick that they didn't show stuff. I'd like a little more blood and guts and gore from that, okay. too. Declan, what was your least favorite part? Okay, I'm going to piggyback this? a little bit off Judd and say Jesse's death was, like, one of my least favorite parts. Not just because, like, he was removed from the movie and he died. Like, all right, so he loses the race. He goes AWOL because he, like, Really oh, tough day for that guy. Yeah, real tough day. Loses his car. Dad hated him. He, he, he's a, yeah, he's, he's a great mind. He's the brains, basically, behind the entire operation with Toretto. Amen, brother. And then he gets just blown to smithereens by, by those two dudes on the bike. And, like, you know, they're all caring for him. They basically know he's dead. But then they just run off, and they don't address what happens. Like, <laughs> like it's just, all right, Jesse's dead, and we're now going to wrap up the movie. Like, it, it, I had a little bit of a clunker with that scene. I didn't, I didn't really like yeah, that. Actually, if you have OCD, if you go back and watch this movie from, like, an OCD standpoint, there's so many wide-open logistical ends. Like, that's one of them. Another one is when Paul Walker shoots... I think it was one of the Asian biker gang guys. He kills him. And so that guy is dead under some bridge, and there's a bunch of cars around. And Paul Walker's a cop. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, and then Paul Walker, like, realizes, no, I got to keep going. So he just yells to the guy in the car. He goes, call call 911. Call 911. Because I got to go drag race. All of of those people think that someone, like a a citizen, just murdered another citizen. But really, it was a cop who was investigating... A stolen merchant or but, electronics ring, but, but his whole thing was to go to go get 
Vin Diesel's character, so you thought that he was going to apprehend him. No, he just drag races him. Correct. While this guy is dead that he killed. That is correct. And yes. again, and again, there's nobody who comes in and says, <laughs> oh, we're going to need a report from that, Brian O'Connor. You know, you're a cop. You're going to have to file a report because you blew a man away on the street. Boy, the, the, uh, and the Asian biker gang, ruthless. That oh, yeah. one scene where, so they shoot up Brian's car uh, halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. But then there's that scene where they put some sort of oil nozzle oh, in that God. mechanic's mouth and yeah. start pouring oil down his throat and try to get answers out of, you know, how did they find us, et cetera. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. I don't know how that guy could still be conscious See, after, like, yeah, swallowing a gallon dead. of oil. I but. sort of enjoyed that scene. Of course you did. That's the difference between all of us. And, I sort of enjoyed that one. That was the type. How many times have you <laughs> wanted to do that to Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I never. Here's what I liked about that scene. I've never thought about oil before. Like, it was. I mean, it, it would be effective. you die. I think you Oh, would you die. probably would die. You probably would die. But yeah, I'm just saying. super hot, too. But I'm just saying, like, I thought that they were going to shoot him and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not going to be all that satisfying if they shoot him. But the oil in the mouth, pretty yeah, effective. A very clever on-brand way to kill somebody. I see. Now, that, that oh. kudos to the folks at the and Fast and Furious. My second least favorite part, too, is, like, why, why are we stealing VHS players? Why is it VHS? DVD players, too. And, and D- yeah, the dual DHS. DVD VHS players like why not like steal car parts why not steal Nas why not steal something that would make more sense that you should be stealing as a mechanic not the side hustle of stealing DVD players also what the to, hell to Declan's point it would be a lot less suspicious if you had just like a stack of car parts that were right. stolen in your garage than like DVDs yeah DVD players right I think it, but wait, in 2001, th- those were probably pretty expensive still, right? Oh, yeah. Super, and so it got yeah. them enough then to buy their car parts. And plus, I, I think, oh, now, okay. now I have never in my life watched this many films critically and tried to read through and like, and like paid attention closely, but I do now. I think the side hustle was they didn't want to be doing something involved with cars because that was their that, was that their lives. Sense. That makes sense. And they were trying to steal. Now, the it weird thing front, now, yeah. the weird thing now is those players are probably ex- sort of expensive. I mean, they're or they're just not. I don't know. But in 2001, it probably made you a lot, much like a group of surfers who rob banks. That's that. But the robbing of the banks... Okay, what's the riskier endeavor, robbing a bank or attempting to stop an 80-mile-an-hour semi by putting some sort of Ro- like device through the windshield? Robbing a bank is realistic. I think fa- the Fast and the Furious is not, but, I mean, that's clearly more dangerous when you're shooting into a moving truck and trying to strap yourself to yeah. the start. Also, too, on the truck fact, so those guys at the, in the end scene, when we got to see the whole thing play out. Yes. It was a struggle. It's not always going to be easy when you're trying to stop a truck driver. Like, not all of them are going to have shotguns, but, you know, like, it's it's probably going to take a couple of miles. But the truckers were prepared by then, and they kept saying that. They're sure. going, they're, the truckers are going to take this into their own hands, Dan. And they did by the end, right? And my question is, and they I know that they were scouting out the more high-trafficked freeways versus the less-trafficked ones, but yes. you're in the middle of the day, and this is Los Angeles area. It's, or it's between, it's in the desert between L.A. and Phoenix is, yeah. is where I believe that last... Uh, Chase took place. Mm-hmm. There's no other cars on either side of the freeway. You're telling me like a, there's no other cars, <laughs> and b, if there were other cars, they wouldn't suspiciously look over and be like, oh, why are there f- 
Why are there four cars surrounding that semi? Why is everyone going well, 120 miles an hour and there's a guy hanging off the front of it? The that fir- doesn't make sense. The first scene at night made sense because it's late at night. Sure. And so there wouldn't be more cars. But to what you're saying, it's weird. But but the other thing I loved was the parallel between Point Break and that last scene is is in Point Break. We never go in the safe, man. We never go in the safe. Go in the safe this time, right? Don't when, get greedy. When when Vin is about to pull that last heist, um, his partner says, "I got a bad fe- feeling about this." And Vin says, "Don't give me that. We're doing this. We're going to be a- on a beach on vacation, right? Yeah, going for it all." So it's the same thing. It's the same thing as this is not a good idea, man. Don't go in that safe. Same movie. Do it. Yeah. It is. It's it's just it's the the writing just basically took the point break formula and said. What did they do? Okay, we're going to have our drivers have trepidation about this. Yeah. All right, my least favorite part about Fast and the Furious is that this movie spawned an entire generation of douchey idiots who put spoilers <laughs> yes. and rims on Honda Civics. Yes, and Toyotas. 20 years later. Why yes. w- Why was that the car of choice, by the way, if I, I do not know this? I don't know why it was the car of choice in the movie. That's what I'm asking, yeah. But I know why it's the car of choice now, because like anyone who could afford to buy a higher-end vehicle wouldn't feel the need to also peacock and put mm-hmm. a spoiler on it sure. or some 18-inch rims. So what happens is people buy like those mid-level cars. They buy a Civic, which is like more affordable for the everyman. Yep. And then to make themselves look richer or cooler or to overproject their toxic masculinity, <laughs> they buy a spoiler and put rims on it. And really, they just look insecure and ridiculous. Right. That and and it peaked like right 2001. I got my driver's license in 2001. One of my best friends in high school, who didn't have money or anything, like his family, like well, they weren't well off, but like they whatever, they were a middle class family. He gets a Honda Civic, puts a spoiler, and puts like blue track riding on uh, track lighting on the interior. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I knew it was douchey when I was a junior in high school. Okay. What are you doing? Don't we're, overproject. We're you in still Buffalo, see Minnesota these. here. Look Correct. around us. Yes. yes. So, but you guys have seen those, right? It's like a Honda, oh, it's yeah. a tricked out Honda Civic. Like, what do you? I also what think, are you doing? from what I remember too, talking to car friends, Honda Civics are really easy to also like take apart and modify. So, like, it, mm. it's it's not it, it's gotcha. like, it's, it, it's very easy to do. So, and they're cheap and they're affordable. Like they Phil can be said, tricked up pretty. You can be easily. tricked up pretty easily. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. That that at least makes sense. Then I didn't yeah. get that. Okay. So many other things to dive into here, and I want to start with this question uh, that that occurred to me during race wars when they're so they're in Arizona and they're going, they're just Plus, pairing right. off, they're yeah. pairing off, they're pairing off. So most of these drivers are at least somewhat seasoned. I would say, yeah, somewhat seasoned, experienced racers, right? Yes. Like illegal racers. So why would anyone even enter this competition or any street competition without Nas? Why, why, why was it so shocking to some of these drivers that didn't have Nas? Oh, my God. Like, I'm winning the race. Like, that one guy. Who Too soon, talk, Junior. Yeah. Well, and they both had Nas in that yeah. instance. Yeah. But there was one where, the, like, the guy oh, right. offers up two grand against Michelle Rodriguez. Yep. And doesn't have Nas in his car. And has no idea that she has Nas, but everyone else knows about Nas. How does like so? How do some of those drivers not know about Nas? Why would you enter the race? Why would you put up two thousand dollars in cash without knowing all of the parameters? And then the best part, the best part is when when people who would race without Nas would take a lead and be like, "I got this, I got this," and then inevitably the person with Nas would say, "See you later." And that would be just, I don't know. It was just so much fun, I didn't care. What's the fastest you guys have ever drove, driven a car in your lives? 
110. Ooh. 110 Ooh. on, actually, That's from home in Milwaukee on 94. 110 in my 98 Chevy See, I feel Malibu. like cops hang out on I, that stretch. I, it was a ballsy move. Did your car shake? Oh, yeah. At 110, was, it had to be really shaking. Oh, yeah, it was. I was on cruise. And for, like, 15 to 20 miles oh on my, cruise control Oh, my God. Wow. Like oh, probably, I can't challenge that. Probably a little past the Dells. So, yeah, it was it was a interesting decision. Judley? Oh, I've only, I've probably got, I've gotten to 90 for sure. Maybe a little bit more. Um, I have never, I don't think I've ever seen above, like, 95. So, yeah, no, I, I, I would get freaked out, and the majority of my cars would just start to shake so badly <laughs> that I wouldn't do it. So as a lead- But I didn't have Nas, so... As if, right. Well, now, like, now I might have Nas. Can you just like? Can you just buy tanks of Nas on the internet? You probably can. <laughs> is it, I is love, it's the internet. I yeah. love that the energy drink Nas was basically brought into existence because of this because, movie. Yeah. You see, because I'm learning so much about what happened in pop, pop culture back in 2001 because <laughs> right. of the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. So I have as as a as a legal adult, 18 plus. I have really never driven. Like, I've probably. You know, 85, 90. I was in South Dakota a couple weeks ago, and it's eight, speed limit's 80. So I was I was going like 92 miles an hour on 80 speed limit, which is less egregious than in Minnesota where the limits are like 70. Um, but twice in high school with my 1992 Camry. So this would oh, yeah. have been 2001, 2002, right around Fast and the Furious time. Once was in South Dakota for a baseball tournament. A bunch of us piled in and went to Brookings. We hit the 80 speed limit, and I went. It was a straight highway. Everyone who's who's been that direction knows. And definitely went over 100 on that stretch. And one time on the back roads of Buffalo, Minnesota. Oh, boy. County Road 33 or something like that. And the speed limits are 55 or 60. But there's just straight stretches with no cars half the time. And I remember thinking to myself, Recently, after watching this movie, I wonder what it feels like to drive 100 miles an hour. It would be so much fun to see what it feels like to drive 100 miles an hour. Now, the 92 Camry was shaking, and yeah, it was see, not I, comfortable. Yeah, it's not. But I took it up on a county road. I took it up to like 105 miles an hour. And here's the best part. as I was, So I was at, at peak, I was 105 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But, but then I got to a curve of some kind, so I would slowed it down to like 75 or 80. And a cop comes around the opposite way, like where he was, oh. he was coming the opposite direction. And instead of pulling me over, I don't know if he was lazy or like getting off his shift. He just gave me the thumbs down out of the window Bring to, it down. to slow down. Yeah. What he didn't know is like he thought I was speeding. Then I was going like twenty five miles an hour faster. You were on the slowing straightaway it down. leading up to the corner. You were, you were slowing it down, idiot. baby. And I remember thinking in that moment, I don't know if I have to do this again. That was that was great. I felt what it was like to go 100 plus miles an hour in a Toyota Camry. I don't know if I need that type of rush again. I'm good with that. I, I will say uh, from my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota with my Rav Four, the Sport Mode Eek versus Eco Mode. I recently just discovered this after like a month in my car. Sport Mode. You want to merge on a freeway with Sport Mode on? Go a for lot it. All. Of fun. I've never touched Do the it. Sport Mode. Do it. You just you just hit the button and yep, go. Just, you, yeah, you just hit Sport. So mode. it's like Nas. Monica. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So it's like Nas. So you got Nas in your car. You're going down the highway. Yeah, hit, hit sport mode. <laughs> you merge on the 394 this afternoon on your way home, Phil. Hit sport mode. See what happens. I wish I had sport mode now. Very excited. Um, another thing that stood out to me is the soundtrack of this movie that featured not only Ja Rule, but also Limp Biscuit a couple times. Yep. I forgot Limp Biscuit in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s was ridiculously popular. Oh, yeah. And fit, I thought, fit very well for the type of movie that this is. Just, <laughs> Keep rolling, 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 rolling. One of the most popular bad bands in the history of music, Easily. probably. Easily. Yeah.
Uh, what the else? The music for you guys? was good. Um, I loved I loved the fact that they wrote in uh, a Keanu and or Seagal like scene for Vin Diesel when he is uh, when he is talking about how his dad died. Yeah, and the car he and the car that of course he drove at the end, the car he won't drive because it scares the hell out, out of me or something like that. And he went on and on and on about how this car and he watched his dad he watched his dad die racing. And he remembers as a child hearing his father scream, but it turns out that those were his own screams, not his father. But it's just great that in the midst of this film, which is just this fun, frolicking, you know, racing, violent at times film, that it's pretty clear that Vin said, I'd like a scene. Give me a scene here. I need to, they need to flex my acting I muscles need, here. And they gave, they him, a, the and they gave him that scene. <laughs> uh, this car scares me, man. And... It's just I I always love when that character gets that scene right because it's like okay I get it it's their big moment it fits man. in but it's just so funny because it's like you know and featuring the acting of Vin yeah. Diesel and, and Vin Diesel is a better actor than yes. Paul Walker yes he is was let's go back to Paul Walker's acting skills for a second God, was God rest his soul yeah man was it distractingly bad was like how would you characterize Paul Walker's acting skills. If I hadn't seen films like that before, it would have distracted me. But instead, I embraced it. Okay. Because because he's an attractive man, eye candy, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It doesn't annoy me as much now when I know that the guy can't act, and it's very clear that the direction is read the cue cards. They're going to be slightly off screen, off camera, just read them. Uh, so if I hadn't seen the point breaks of, of the world, I would probably be like, yeah, you know, I really that, couldn't you couldn't you improve on that guy? But in retrospect, having seen those films, it didn't bug me, and I sort of embraced the thespian work of Paul Walker. Listen to me. me I'm a cop. What is this? Ever since the first time I met you, I've been undercover. I'm a cop. Oh, you bastard. Mia! Get off of me, Brian! Mia, listen to me! Everything I ever said I felt about you was real. I swear to God. You have to believe me, Mia, but right now this isn't about you and me. Your brother's out there, he's about to pull a job, and we're running out of time. Those truckers, they're not laying down anymore, you know? Maybe they'll make it through tonight, but every single law enforcement agency in California is coming down on them. If you don't want anything to happen to your brother, to Letty, to Leon, to Vince, you have to just get in that car with me right now. You have to help me. Mia, you are the only person that can help me right now. Also, I almost feel like the producers and the director were like... All right, we just did 15 takes there. It's, we'll find one. Then let's just put some pulsating techno music behind it. Yeah, just to drown exactly. It all let's in. exactly right. Yeah, and she can. Yeah, act. This is Officer Brian O'Connor. I'm off duty MAPD. I need a life flight rollout right away. My 20 is a Highway 86 mile marker 147. I got one trauma victim, about 24 years of age, six foot, maybe 200 pounds. He's got real deep laceration to his right arm with arterial bleeding. And he's got a, a shotgun wound close range to his left flank. Yeah. Yeah, he's going into shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going yeah, shock. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a mile marker 18. Yeah. That's not what I had in mind. You know what you're doing? I owe you a 10 second car.
a sequel at the end there. He ain't coming back. It just took okay. seven years to remake that sequel. That's really interesting. So they did They did come back to that whole thing. Did, did they, so like, Dex, yeah. in the second one, did they even acknowledge the first one then? No, And what really. it transpired between them? Actually, so the, the best part is, and maybe we, we can add it to the list, it is my turn to pick. I actually, ha- I've seen this one, I've seen Too Fast, Too Furious, and I've seen Tokyo Drift. So Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drifts are one-offs. And then they pick up the story back again for the fourth Fast and the Furious, which I believe was released in like 08. Uh, but, but but Vin was in all the franchises or no? No. So Vin and 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 Mia and Letty all though they are not in the next two movies at oh, all. Okay, the thank second you. one is, is Paul Walker still a cop in the second one without Vin Diesel? Yes, he recruits okay. the help of his buddy Tyree Gibson. Got it. And and then they go off and do their own thing. And Tokyo Drift has no Paul. It's like known as the worst Fast and the Furious. It's like Bow Wow and some it, other one. It's it, Rocky Five. Yeah, basically. it's yeah, it's okay. Rocky Five. That's fair. Yep. Okay. Um, wow, this is this is a Mona Lisa of action movie rewinds right so now. So Walker, so Walker was in the second one. Diesel wasn't, despite the fact that it's very clear that if there was a sort of a marquee name to the franchise, it right. would have been Vin. But obviously, they so did the, fun. And and I did the, a, the Rock has become like a, a face yeah. of this franchise too. And and down the Wikipedia rabbit hole this is that I did yesterday. So yeah, he was supposed to be like Vin was supposed to be in the second and third one, but he left to go do Chronicles of Riddick, which is oh. like. One of the worst films ever. And then I know he also did a Triple X around that time, which is yeah. basically Fast and the Furious. It uh, is, just pretty much. With him being a double the agent. Okay. Me too. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, eventually they get picked back up and, and they resume it. So Gotcha. That's great. Let's pick it back up again. All right. Um, your favorite character in this movie? My, mine's me. I already admitted my That's true. insane Declan love. Already. She has more than my heart. Yeah, I, I'm very much in love with her. You know what? I am going to say because I, I've embraced the acting being bad. That <clears throat> that detective or officer Brian O'Connor is my favorite because yeah. Paul Walker. I've grown to love that guy in this film. Like I've grown to. So I mean, Vin is fine, but Phil, you're sort of right. He's not like uh, he's not a he's not bad. I mean, he plays his role actually pretty well, and it seems like he's got his head around his lines. Um, he is funny to look at, but I would say. Walker is my favorite character just because the whole Keanu thing is is something that I embrace. Sure. I'm going to go with Ja Rule as my favorite just for his brilliance in the two scenes that he's in and for uh, he is great. Almost, almost getting Monica. Almost God. getting Monica. You didn't win. You did, you? Yeah, and then she walks away too. Oh, so took her friend with her. Okay, definitive bad guy rankings here, and this is where I motion that we now that we have a feel, we've done nineteen of these action movie rewinds, and I think in the early stages we were still kind of feeling our way around like what's what's the criteria for the rankings, and the way that we've sort of settled into ranking these bad guys is really like their level of how good were they as characters and how iconic were they too, right? Yeah. Sure. And I think what we did with Bodie, so right now Bodie from Point Break is fourth from the bottom because we kind of said, well, he wasn't really that, you kind of rooted for him. He wasn't a bad guy. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Okay. He was the bad guy in the movie, and he was excellent in his role in the movie, and he's iconic. And so you grew to like him. Yes. And so I think we punished him for things that now if we could go back like 19 action movies later, <laughs> I would motion to move Bodie from Point Break up above Bennett from Commando. Up above Richie from Out for Justice, up above Chong Lee from Bloodsport, up toward Richie. the middle. I think he's. I think he should be slightly above the aliens from Independence Day and the corrupt senator from Hard to Kill. Sure, 
All right. Yep. I'm going to put him in the in the sort. Of, actually, I think he should be above the rogue CIA agent from the Expendables too. I think he's just more iconic. So who is the bad guy for Fast and the Furious? Then who is the it's definitive? Dom. Is it Dom? It's Vin Dom. D- okay. Yeah. Because I had this like, yep. right when we started. Vin Diesel the, is is the exact same as Swayze. Before we started the movie, I remember thinking that I was like, well, wait a minute. Who I've seen this before. So yeah. I was like, who is? He's robbing trucks, man. He's yes. he's the guy in okay. charge of the, the uh, truck heists. All right, it's Dom. So what do you guys? So right now the rankings are the number one bad guy to this point is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Number two is Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Number three is Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. Number four is Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon. Number five is Yvonne Drago from Rocky Four. Then we get Dennis Hopper from Speed, Bodie from Point Break, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would put Vin um, Dom right by Bodie. I, I think it's the same exact yeah. thing. And and down to the, the fact that in some way, shape, or form, at the end of each film, they're basically a- allowed to go. Now, I think we all think that Bodie dies going off surfing, but I would put um, I would put Dom and Bodie basically side by side. I think I put them one notch above Bodie. One notch above Bodie. So I haven't seen Point Break. Well, I'd put them one notch below if I had to choose. Now, clearly, it's basically the same movie as Fast and the Furious, so maybe I don't have to see it. Uh, but uh, I would probably say that's probably correct just because I, I definitely can't put him above any of the other bad guys that are ahead of him. So I, I, I will defer to you guys. You know, that's okay. all right, here's the thing. Patrick Swayze is more iconic than Vin Diesel. Yes. So that's the tiebreaker. Patrick Swayze and Bodie originated that character. That's true. That's Dom a good point. followed it. That's a good point. And Declan, you you as an assignment have to see you do now. Point Break. I mean, I'm yep. serious. You can't do this exercise with. That would be like like teaching a Shakespeare class and being like, but I haven't read a bunch of Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah. You got to see. You have to see this movie. Yeah, we'll devote a side segment to it on the show at some point in the next couple of weeks. Like now that you've seen this movie, you have to see the original Fast and the Furious, which is okay. Point Break. All right. All right, and that brings us to the 1 through 10 Seagal ranking system here. The top movies that we have ranked to this point in Action Movie Rewind are Die Hard with a 10 score, 1 through 10. It was the only perfect movie. It was good. Commando at 9.2, The Expendables at 8.8, Roadhouse at 8.5, Hard to Kill also at 8.5. Yes. And then the top 10 is rounded up by Rocky IV, Independence Day, Point Break, Lethal Weapon, and Casino Royale, the first James Bond movie in Judd's repertoire. So, Judd, how many Seagulls are you giving The Fast and the Furious, 1 through 10? I really enjoy this film. It, it had a, a lot of components that made it um, a cartoon and crappy, but not crappy, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm going to give this 8. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it 8. It's not a 10, and, and I, could, I could be talked into a 9, but I think it's very fair to land on an 8 because they did a lot right. Are we allowed to have decimal scales? Into this? Is it just? Is it hard rational numbers? Nope. Do whatever okay. you want. Yeah, uh, I, I would give this an eight and a half. Um, it, it it's definitely not a nine or a ten because it doesn't really fit. I think our cheesy action. I mean, there is some cheesy action involved. Wait, you don't think this is a cheesy action movie? It is a cheesy action. Oh, film. it's completely <laughs> cheesy, but that's what makes it good. But cheesy in its own regard and cheesy for so it, it fits well for two thousand one. So yes, it is. It is definitely cheesy. So I would say an eight and a half. The the lack of like I know Dom is the bad guy, but the lack of the true like antagonist does I think hurt it from being a perfect ten. But it's I, it's one of my favorite movies, so I'm gonna have to go eight and a half. Boys, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna disagree with both of you. It's a ten. Oh wow! This is a ten for me. Oh my god! It's you're equally it's there. There's action to the gills. There's cheese and corniness to the gills. And in the end, now that you go 20 years after the fact, as weird as it is to say this, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are two of the more iconic action figure actors of that generation. 
So I'm giving it a 10. Like I, I, I'm struggling to see where this movie really whiffs in the criteria that, that we have set up. So the Fast and Furious for me. For me. I want more death. I want more gruesome on-screen I need, death. I, I need the I need the true antagonist, and I just don't get I don't feel but that with Dom. Then yeah, no, I just don't. No, he's not. That. All right, so he's right. sort of a sad character. His dad died, he burned right. up. So with that, Die Hard remains our top movie, followed by Commando, and then a tie between Expendables and The Fast and the Furious with Roadhouse and Hard to Kill tied Roadhouse. for the fifth Roadhouse. spot. Roadhouse. So there it is. All right, I believe it's Declan Goff's turn to choose next week's action movie. What do we got? All right, uh, this was submitted by a listener, and I haven't seen it. I suggested it like a month ago during my last try. We're going John Wick. We're going to do John Wick. Oh, okay. Yes. We haven't seen it. Um, I think it's, it's we're back on oh. brand a little bit. Have you seen it, Judd? I have seen parts of John Wick films on television, but yeah. I have never sat down and watched an, an entire one, and I don't know that I've seen the original. And my God, it's Keanu. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm just so happy right yes, now. Yes, indeed. I'm very Good excited choice, to watch John Wick, and I'm pretty sure it is in, even under the two-hour limit. So I, I think Jonathan um, Harrison loved John Wick. Absolutely loved. He he always told me you got to watch John Wick. So maybe we, maybe we'll we see if Jonathan wants to come on for a few minutes to give his review as part of. Part of the show. Okay. Absolutely. Next week. Absolutely. All right. There it is. Action Movie Rewind. And we appreciate everyone for making this the most downloaded episode every week of Mackie and Judd. We're going to keep pumping these out even though sports are back. And we will see you next Monday on the show.